Welcome to episode three of the Ilkley Lockdown podcast. I'm Ian Smith. In each episode, I'll be talking to a different person from in or around Ilkley, asking them about how the COVID-19 crisis has changed the world for them and find out how they're dealing with the challenges it has brought. In this episode, I talk to George Abramson, who I first met in his capacity as the chair for Climate Action Ilkley. George talks about the things that he does to keep himself on track and shares with me some learning from the humble cow. Without further ado, here's George. George, thank you very much for joining me. Yeah, good to be here. Good to talk to you. Can we start off with a pretty simple question? Who are you and what do you do? Okay, my name is George Abramson, as as you've said. I'm currently the chair of Climate Action Ilkley. I was involved in setting that group up during the course of 2018. We kind of formally became constituted in about October of 2018. So we've been running just under two years. Before that, I uh, worked as a social worker in Bradford. Uh, I've lived in Ilkley for about 20 years and I'm now happily retired and trying to enjoy as much of my life as I possibly can in these difficult and challenging circumstances. Have you noticed, I guess, a great change in how you've been living your life since the uh, recent sort of COVID-19 circumstances came upon us? Well, I hesitate to answer this truthfully because in a way, I my life hasn't changed a great deal. I, I'm in a very privileged position really that you know I, I live in a beautiful town as people in Ilkley do I've retired so my income's not been affected by these changes I had a very simple routine before uh, the, the, the so-called shutdown took place and I've tried to maintain that uh, routine which basically is um, basically being home-based and walking regularly on the moor and doing some yoga and some meditation practice so I've kind of kept that routine up very very much i suppose the big change is that my, one of my children's had to come back from university um she's at bristol university in her final year and also my my partner's brother is living with us as well so the composition of the, the household is slightly different but you know the actual structure of the day is pretty much the same and and i quite enjoy having a very simple life really Interestingly, I hear quite a bit about the sort of practice of meditation and yoga. Mm. Do you feel like that's particularly supportive at a time like this? Well, I, again, I think I've been very lucky in Ilkley. We have a fantastic uh, yoga teacher living in Ilkley who I've been attending her lessons for some time, her classes for some, some years in Ilkley, and she's now um, been offering classes via Zoom which has been interesting, you know, an interesting change. But it has meant that I've been able to, with my partner and, and my daughter Esther as well, do yoga practice twice a week at home, which has been really helpful. And, you know, it's like so many things. If I had more self-discipline, I'd be motivated to do that regularly without, you know, relying upon the structure of a class. But it is just helpful to have someone kind of nudging me to say, OK, it's 6.30 now, let's do some yoga on a Wednesday evening or whatever it is. And similarly for meditation practice, uh, I don't have a teacher here, but I have tried to practice meditation for, you know, uh, several years now. And I do find that exceptionally useful. Again, it's a question of having some discipline to do that really regularly. And I, I still struggle with that challenge, but I know that is exceptionally helpful to me. I also uh, wrestle with that one. Um, <laughs> I've been uh, using an app called Headspace. OK. Have you got a, some sort of equivalent that you've been relying on? No, no, I, I kind of stumbled across across um, meditation practice, you know, many years ago. And I've been associated with a particular form of uh, meditation practice 
associated with some Theravada Buddhist monasteries in the UK. So I don't use a, a, an app at all. I just have this um, tradition that, that I can uh, rely upon. And, and they, they do, um, there are available podcasts or Dharma talks by the, the monks. So that's really helpful. And I think this is kind of a theme almost of my life that I have aspirations to do things regularly. But routinely, I find I can't quite find the energy, commitment, motivation, discipline to keep a regular pattern of activity going day by day. And I guess I've wrestled with that, you know, always probably. And I think since I've retired and and now in this kind of lockdown period, that's very apparent. And that's the challenge of life, I think. I think you're absolutely right. I absolutely identify with that um, <laughs> with that observation of uh, I, you know I've got a <laughs> collection of things I feel I ought to do because they're good for me and I that I don't do so <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's that little word, that yes. word "ought." I think that kind of is a bit nagging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so one question I want to ask people and, and find out is what the biggest thing that they've kind of learned during this uh, recent crisis and. Uh, and, you know, maybe what tips or, or useful advice you might give to somebody else who's uh, also with us in this situation? And I think I, maybe there's two levels I could answer that question. The first is maybe a societal issue that I think we have been very complacent. And by we, I mean people in more advanced capitalist Western societies. We're very complacent about how we view our lives. And I think we're shocked when we understand that actually things aren't going to run smoothly and that we face existential challenges. You know, the, the possibility that this virus could disrupt our lives so completely was kind of disregarded throughout, I think, January, February. Mm. I'm just thinking personally as well. Even during the early March, it seemed extraordinary. I don't think I had any concept that we could enter a period where things would be shut down to the extent they have been over the past five weeks. And I think we it's almost kind of linked to our, our lack of understanding of our own individual mortality, really, that we kind of disregard that as a, a reality that we're all going to face. And I think for me, that's very much linked to how we have failed to accept the crisis of um, climate change that's upon us, really. And I hesitate to draw strict, you know, complete parallels between the climate emergency and this pandemic. There are, I think, parallels with how we view emergencies and we don't prepare for them, even though there are people who have been devoting all of their professional lives to trying to understand pandemics and how we should uh, respond to them. We, as a kind of culture, have disregarded that expertise and we've done very much the same sort of thing with uh, the climate emergency. We kind of sleepwalk into a future where there are clear signs that things are not going to go well for us this century, but we aren't taking adequate steps. So I think that kind of, that's the overarching issue I have. And in a way, it's quite gloomy. But I think we have to face the reality and then, then the, we can build hope through action. We can't fool ourselves into imagining that these things will just go away, which I think has been our response, really. that Somehow we imagined the coronavirus was happening in China and wouldn't really impact people in the West. And we've been found out. And then the second thing is personally, I think it's really helpful for me to just live today and not and try not to be caught up in what might happen next month next week just this is another day and instead of time i mean i think i have an illusion that time 
it's kind of progressive you know that i'm moving on an escalator up to some better future really yeah whereas i think i'm just i'm treading onto a step i'm treading off a step i'm starting a day the day's carrying on and then the day's ending and then i start another day and that's okay you know so i think in a way i'm trying to be a bit more bovine about my life really to try (laughs) try and just be this cow munching the grass and then that's all i do that's okay and just just rest with the kind of very ordinary quotidian the mundane experience of breathing in and out and living this life here now and um, trying to put down as much as i possibly can plans for the future and worries about the past and all these other things it's enough just to kind of get through and and a sense of kindness and gratitude i think is really helpful yeah it is easy to get stuck in worrying about what's already happened or worrying about what might happen and you know in, at a time like this there's yeah. more than enough kind of worry to go around so i guess if you can live in the da- live in the day and live in the moment absolutely that might be a, a good way to make sure you appreciate what you know w- what is there yeah i think that is really helpful just to enjoy very straightforward simple things that very often are very embodied so just eating or drinking a cup of coffee really kind of savoring that or noticing the sensation of the sun on your skin if you're able to see it in the garden if you're lucky enough to have a garden or just walking the kind of sensations that arise in the body as you walk along if you when you're going out for your so-called hour walk or so just you know being very straightforward and simple and accepting the the kind of joy of the simplicity really and but i don't want to be too uh, idealistic about this because some people are experiencing I, i'm sure an enormously complicated challenging time Absolutely. people who are at work and having their their income disrupted people with young youngish children must be finding this very 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 challenging yeah. people with parents elderly parents who perhaps are impacted directly by catching coronavirus and people who sadly have experienced the death of members of their family friends loved ones it, it, it's a tragic situation as well but we have to keep going and we keep going with some gentleness and kindness and sense of solidarity that we're in this together in some way. And we do what we can to support each other. And that's why I'm so grateful to you kind of offering us all this opportunity to, you know, chat with each other using these various technological instruments that we have available to us now well i'm hoping uh, to sort of spread some of that kind of understanding and empathy you know it'll be great to uh, to sort of get all sides of the sure of the picture so that we can all understand the different worlds that each other sure kind of experiencing all all in the same geographic place of ilkley i know it's quite magical actually isn't it trying to understand that we're all sharing this quite unique spot in the uk and in the world and but living our own biographies, having our own kind of experience, although we have a great deal in common, there's obviously very different flavours and temperaments and ways of trying to weave our way through these different circumstances. So, yes, yeah, you know, I think it's fantastic having a big conversation. Lovely. What would you like to see continue when the uh, the, the restrictions are, are relaxed oh. and, and we're kind of going back to something more approximating business as usual? What I would like to see continue is, well, the obvious thing is less cars driving through Ilkley. Yeah. That's what I'd really lo- love to see. I'd love to see us reclaim, that's us, the people, reclaiming the road space and using it much more creatively rather than seeing it as a forbidden zone only for people who are driving uh, cars and um, other vehicles. So I, th- I, th- I would really like to try and work with the community about how we can reshape 
the way in which the road network in Ilkley, this just the town, is actually exploited by us and and used so that it's for people who are walking and cycling and uh, road use is not just for people in cars. I think that'd be really great if we could do that. And I suppose the second thing is to try and continue to have this understanding that we are in this world together. You know, we are we. You know, we share this space, this world, this challenge of trying to make sure that we can move to the next century uh, without having a cataclysmic change brought upon us by the way in which we're continuing to emit carbon dioxide and warming the planet. Yeah. Because we, there's there's no doubt in my mind that we're heading to an absolutely catastrophic future unless we take radical steps. And there are going to be radical steps that, that have some echoes in the way we've had to respond to this coronavirus. So, you know, carbon emissions have been reduced during this period and you know there's a lot less economic activity what we need to do is move to a world where we can have activity and people employed but not with the kind of carbon emissions that up to now have been associated with that and that's the big big challenge i think we all face yeah just to finish off with then obviously there are things that uh, we can't do at the moment that we might have uh, enjoyed doing before what do you think the first thing you're going to do when the restrictions are relaxed? Uh, I I don't know if I can easily say, actually. (laughs) I mean, I think I might just breathe out a bit more and be, yeah, I I might just shout a lot and be, you know, dance very badly to some loud music. (laughs) But I I haven't really got any grand plans because I can't easily see beyond this period. I mean, as I say, I'm trying to inhabit the time of today and I don't really know what, how this is going to end i can't easily see an end to this really and i think in a way this is part of a a, a deception we we're we're kind of employing on ourselves about there will be some easy way of resolving this and coming out of this i can't easily see that at the moment and because that seems so dreary and negative i'm quite happy just to carry on trying to live in this this today this is friday um, the time does seem to be passing quite slowly and that is quite irritating at times. Sometimes there's some real tedium about it, but that is the that is the, the cards that we've been dealt at the moment. And there's no point, I mean, this is very simple for me to say, there's no point being, you know, exceptionally aggrieved about it because this is, this, it is like this. It's, this is the way it is. And we just got to suck it up really. Um, and to have some, dream i didn't when this coronavirus hit and the lockdown started i didn't forego something it wasn't something i was planning to do that i've had to cancel or change not very significantly anyway so i don't have great schemes really in in mind i'm a very tedious boring person i'm afraid <laughs> maybe i should go out for a pint with you in that'd be nice it'd be nice actually it would be nice to go out to a pub again and just have a leisurely drink with some some people in Ilkley, some friends in Ilkley. That'd be good. It's a date. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whenever that might be. Let's not kind of plan that too clearly, but have a vague aspiration. That'd be lovely. Yeah, brilliant. Well, George, thank you so much for joining me. I think that's been a really great discussion. I've really enjoyed it, actually. So, I mean, thank you so much for doing this for the community and really look after yourself in your own living situation, however challenging enjoyable difficult whatever it is hang on in there thanks again to george for an interesting and absorbing conversation look in the links for the episode to find more information about some of what we discussed 
In our next episode, I'll be talking to a consultant in public health for Bradford Council who will be sharing how his world has changed due to COVID-19 and talking about some fun things you can still do under lockdown. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or other podcasting platforms so that you don't miss out. See you next time.